Amen. Thank you, Derek. We uh, I have a word for someone here. Psalm 147.3 God came to heal the, or to bind the broken hearted and to heal the wounded. Whatever you brought in here today and whatever you're carrying you're not alone. God came for you. As I look back on my own life I look back at, at the teens and 20s and 30s and 40s and my now quickly passing 50s Jesus has always been there even when I wasn't looking he's always been there he was always there to rescue me he was always there to, to take care of me I want you to know Jesus is here he's alive And he loves you. If you want to get your message notes out, we're on part 18 of a faith that works when life don't. Lots of folks back, folks back in January or February had big plans for 2020, didn't we? Oh, we had some big plans. Within the COVID hit, Sometime in March, and it seemed like it turned everything upside down in just a, just a few days. And for most folks, 2020, we just went slap dab in the trash can. 2020 has reminded me, at least, and probably a lot of y'all, that none of us know the future. None of us know the future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow much less next year 10 months ago no one in here imagined our lives would look like this with this pandemic to be a human being is to live your life not knowing the future the future is unknown the future is uncertain the future is unpredictable. God warns us many times in his word about this. And I put one of them in your outline at the top. No one knows what will happen in the future. And there is no one who can tell us. No one knows but God. But God's outside of time. He's timeless. So you and me can stop trying to figure out ways to know about the future. We can stop buying ways to discover the future. You know what I'm talking about? Like a, like a psychic. I want to tell you they're fakes. None of them can predict the future. If you want to prove it, just ask them how much money they've won on sports gambling. You, you, can, you can prove it by asking them how much money they've won in the lottery. And then when they ask you for your credit card, 
and your name, say, you tell me. No one can tell you the future. But not knowing the future creates anxiety. It creates uncertainty in folks' lives. There was a recent survey in 2020. It turned out that most people are fearful. They are downright mad and uncertain about the future. But interestingly enough, the pandemic wasn't the number one reason. The number one reason was the state of politics. I said all of that because James chapter 4, 13 and 17 tells us how to face the future. An uncertain future. And how to face it with confident faith. Confident faith. We can uh, avoid discouragement, discouragement about the future by avoiding three common mistakes. This lesson's entitled a, a Faith for Facing an Uncertain Future. Let me read you James 4, 13 through 17. He, he, he starts this off like two businessmen are talking. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to a certain city and we will stay there a year. We will open up a business there and we will make a profit. But you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And your life is as brief and uncertain as the mist of a morning fog. It's here a little while, but then it disappears. So instead, what you ought to say is, if it is the Lord's will, we will live to do this or that. Otherwise, you are just boasting and bragging about yourself, and that kind of pride is wrong and evil. But remember, anytime you know the right and good thing to do, but you don't do it, then you sin. Then you sin. This passage tells us how to avoid the, the three most common mistakes that, that people typically make about our future. We make mistakes in planning for our future, presuming about our future, and then procrastinating about our future. And we're going to look at each of those like a good preacher does only three of them today. <laughs> the first mistake is this. We make plans without asking God. We make plans without asking God. James 4.13 says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to a certain city and we will stay there a year. We will open up a business there and we will make a profit. At first look, there don't seem to be a whole lot wrong here. You know, this, this, this guy's just kind of thinking ahead. He's an entrepreneur. A go-getter, we might call him, in 2020, right? At least he's got a plan. I've met a lot of people that, that don't even have a plan. This guy's got a plan. 
He, he knows when, where, how long, what, why, and who. The who is we. I mean, strategies talked about a lot in the book of Proverbs, isn't it? A lot. We got to have a, have a strategy. But this guy knows his purpose, his plans. He even knows his, his partner, his place, a projected time. He, he says it's going to be a year. He knows his profitability. That's what he's going after. The Bible says making an honest profit is smart. So profit's good. So what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with what he did. It's what he forgot to do. It's what he forgot to do. Did you notice in this master plan, there's not a single mention of God? Did y'all notice that? Not a single mention of God. It's all about self-reliance. Four times he says, we will. We will do this. Nothing about God's will. I know a lot of Christian folks who, who, who absolutely love the Lord, but when it comes to planning their lives, their careers, education, marriage, business project, they're no different than unbelievers when it comes to planning all of that. They act like atheists at work. They plan like God doesn't exist. And that's sad because they're just about to miss out a whole bunch of God's blessings. Write this down. I have to have God's blessing involve him in my planning. To have God's blessing involve him in my planning. That's the first principle in dealing with the future that we don't know. Is to involve God in the planning. There's nothing wrong with planning. Well, Jim, how do I involve God in my planning and, and my goal setting. This is the first key. Fill in this little blank for you blank filler enters. Key number one. Pray as I plan my life. Pray as I plan my life. You know what I do? I journal. I carry a journal in my a briefcase. And I journal in it from time to time. It helps me to remember to, to include God in my life. At church, in, in, at, at, at home. At the diner and everything, I include God in my life. Whatever project I'm working on, Project three, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding and all your plans acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Notice that when you do three things, God promises to direct your path. None, the first one, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He says, not in your own understanding. Number two, be humble, not in your own understanding. Then number three says, acknowledge God in all your plans. Lord, your plans, not mine. What's the results? He will bless you. He will direct you. He will direct you. So I need to pray about my planning and ask God for wisdom. You see, that's a promise. How do I do that? James says it again in James one five says, if you want to know what God wants you to do, just ask him. And he will gladly tell you, for he is always ready to give a generous supply of wisdom to all who ask him. 
like my friend Forrest told me just this week. <laughs> if you don't hear from God, it may be that you're not listening or asking. I know that in these days, in these days right now, you're feeling in, in kind of a limbo, right? Y'all know what, what limbo means? It just means kind of unable to make new plans. Y'all thought I was talking about going under that, that wire. You're just kind of uncertain. You don't want to make any plans. You're just, you're just kind of stuck. You're just kind of treading water. You're not really going anywhere. You're just getting through it. I'm going to tell you something, guys. If somebody loves you, this pandemic could go on a long time. Did you notice it didn't end Tuesday? You don't want to waste the week and the months that are ahead of us. I want to give you some homework this week. You remember when I talked a couple of weeks ago about, weeks ago about controlling the uncontrollable? You can't control the uncontrollable. So you just got to trust God for the rest. I want you to do something for me this week. You can write this down so you remember it. Half of what, 95% of what I tell you, you're going to forget by tomorrow at 3 p.m. I want to ask you to do this. Set aside 30 minutes. 30 minutes this week, not a day. I know some of you might say, okay, set aside 30. 30 minutes this week and prayerfully make a plan for the rest of this year. For the rest of this year, just turn off the TV, cut off the phone, and set aside 30 minutes. And the rest of this year ain't that long. I'm going to tell you something, guys. We're already planning at the house for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's going to look different this year. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's different. So plan for the rest of the year. Just take it, prayerfully plan. Include God in that planning. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do for the rest of this year? And let me say something else. Don't make it all about you. It's all about him, his will. What, do you, what does he want you to do? What is your will? Psalm 119, 32, David prayed this. I'll run the course you lay out for me if you'll just show me how. If you'll just show me how. To pray with it with an uncertain future. Guys, don't just drift. When you drift, you're always going downhill. The second mistake is this that we make. We presume that we will have tomorrow. That's a mistake. We presume that we will have tomorrow. James 4, 14, 6 says, but you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And your life is as brief and uncertain as the mist of a morning fog. It's here a little while, but then it disappears. So instead, what you ought to say is if it is the Lord's will, we will live to do this or that. Otherwise, you're just boasting and bragging about yourself. And that kind of pride is wrong and evil. If it's the Lord's will. That ought to be a phrase that you familiarize yourself with. I always heard old people say it, and I thought, they're crazy. But you know what? They're right. If it's the Lord's will. 
You see, good pride is when you're proud of what God's doing in your life. Bad pride is when you start comparing yourself to others. The moment you compare yourself to others, it becomes bad pride. Guys, I want to tell you, this, this scripture says it's dumb to presume upon tomorrow. There's two reasons we shouldn't assume we have a lot of time. That we should be asking uh, uh, the most of the time that we got left. Number one, the future is uncertain. You don't know what will happen tomorrow, much less next year. You just don't know. You just don't know. No way can we predict. I want you to do me a favor. Everybody got a pen? Write down the word life in, in, in big letters. Life. Life. For those of you from Rock Mark, L-I-F-E. L-I-F-E. Now I want you to circle the middle two letters. If. You see, there's a big if in the middle of your life. I never thought about that. Nothing is certain in this life. The only thing that is certain is the truth of God's word. The other thing that's certain is the consistency of God's love for you the dependability of God's goodness, and the right reliability of God's promises. That's the only thing for certain. Nothing else is dependable. It's all a big if. If. Don't be presumptuous about the future. The second reason is you ought to not, not presume that you got a lot of time left. The word says my life on earth is temporary. It says it's not that long. It's like mist in the morning fog. I'm 59, and, and I looked down in the boat yesterday, and I jumped off the dock. I said, that ain't no problem. I could jump down in there. I jumped down in there. It hurt. I thought, it ain't been no time, and I moved from the Hot Wheels to the wheelchair. <laughs> In light of eternity, 100 years ain't long at all. Guys, it, it moves so fast. Average age is, is around 70. You and me, we ain't guaranteed tomorrow. Every one of us, I, I don't mean to be gloom and doom, but every one of us is just a heartbeat away from eternity. Every one of us. So what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? You better get on it. I just spoke to an old friend of mine's funeral, the one Kay talked about. He was 55 years old. He wasn't expecting to die. He wasn't expecting to contract COVID. 
He didn't get to his full 70. Key number two is this. It's a good key. Live one day at a time and make it count. Live one day at a time and make it count. Now, fortunately, I'm going to tell you this. It's kind of fortunate. I believe it is. The future doesn't hit us all at once. We don't get it all at once. We get it in bite-sized, 24-hour segments. That's how we get our future. Matthew 6, 34, Jesus said this, Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What Jesus is saying here is this, Stop borrowing trouble. Stop borrowing trouble. If you got something that you're worried about and it ain't going to happen till, till next week, why are you messing up today? Why are you messing up today? Worry can't change, change the past and, and it certainly cannot control the future. All it does is just mess up today. That's all it does. It just messes up today. And God gives us just enough grace to handle whatever's going to come our way each day. Each day day God wants us to take one day at a time take life one day at a time when you don't know the future you can still take life one day at a time I love this so saying I heard one time life by the yard is hard by the inch it's a cinch <laughs> that's good ain't it you know it is. Some of y'all, I know some of y'all want to write that down. I tell you again. Life by the yard is hard. By the inch, it's a cinch. Start taking life one day at a time. Plan and pray. You know, do all that. Set some goals. You know, how do I want to be different by by the end of this year? As your pastor, I highly recommend one thing: reduce your media intake. I'm a better person for it. I've hit a lot of you on my timeline. I mean, I'm just, I don't get on it except in the mornings and in the, in the, in the evening just for a moment. I'm a better person for it. I think you will be too if you just reduce your media intake. You know, just stop filling your mind with that, that garbage. And, and especially right now, that fear and, and, and tension and, and conflict. Don't worry, you know, uh, don't presume about tomorrow. You especially don't take the future for granted. Proverbs 27, 1, I love it in the message translation. Don't brashly brag about what you're going to do tomorrow because you don't know the first thing about tomorrow. <laughs> That's pretty clear, ain't it? <laughs> don't brag about what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't know the first thing about it. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Wake up. <laughs> we can plan for tomorrow, but we can only live in today. Sarah told me one time, I believe it was Sarah, I'll give her credit. <laughs> Life is what happens is when you're making other plans. Life happens when you're making other plans. Third mistake we make is this. We put off doing what's right and good. That's a mistake. When we put off doing what's right and what's good, 
We, we know the good thing to do, but we postpone it. We delay it. That's the sin of procrastination. Putting it off. Procrastination destroys your potential. Procrastination wastes your life. It's a misuse of your time. You're missing golden opportunities that God has given you. James 4.17 says, but remember, anytime you know the right and good thing to do, but you don't do it, then you sin. Got another little poem for you. Procrastination is my sin. It always brings me sorrow. I know I should change my ways. In fact, I will tomorrow. <laughs> Y'all know what the favorite day of the week to go on a diet is? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. The fact is you can just sin by doing nothing. Omission. Not just commission. When you know the right thing to do and don't, the Bible says that's a sin. It's a sin. So I want you to consider three questions this week, maybe in your 30-minute time. Everybody's going to take 30 minutes. Some of you need to take a little longer. Number one, what's the next step in your spiritual growth and obedience that you need to take right now? It might be this small group of Dave and Tammy. It might be Tabitha and Scott. It may be baptism. It may be accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm talking about one thing that you haven't done yet. Of for spiritual growth and obedience. The second question is this. You want me to repeat that first question to you right now? Let me do it. What's the next step? in your spiritual growth and obedience that you need to take right now that you haven't done yet. Second question is this. What do you know that God wants you to do, but you're still putting it off? What do you know that God wants you to do, but you're still just putting it off? Putting it off. You're postponing it over and over. It might be that, that you need to, to reconcile with someone. It might be that you need to forgive some person. It might be that you need to give your life to Christ. As I said, you keep putting it off. It might be to join a small group. It might be to start tithing. It might be to get involved in a ministry. I told Kathy Gwynn uh, Wednesday night, the happiest people that I see, especially at North Point Church, are the ones that are serving. The happiest people that I see are the ones that are serving. The people that complain to me the most are the ones that are soaking on Sunday morning and not serving nowhere else. Amen? That should cut down my complaint traffic this week. 
The third question I'd like for you to ask is this. What excuse have you been using to not do what you need to do? What excuse have you been using to not do what you need to do? Here's the ones I hear. Well, one of these days, <laughs> you know what I tell them? One of these days is none of these days. One of these days is none of these days. And here's another thing I get a lot. Jim, I, I'm aiming to. <coughs> I'm aiming to. You know what I say? When are you going to stop aiming and pull the blasted trigger? Amen. <laughs> but you aiming to. Whatever it is, do it now. That's your key number three. Whatever it is, do it now. Don't wait for the pandemic to be over. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another week. Don't wait another month. 1 John 2, 3, and 4. We can be sure we know Christ if we obey his commands. The one who says, I know him but doesn't do what he commands is a liar. He's a liar. Action speaks louder than words. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Do you get that? Jesus ain't counting to three. Delayed obedience is disobedience. What you intend to do for God, do it now. What you intend to do for your family, do it now. You're going to stop something, do it now. You're going to start something, do it now. Today. When we leave here, or as we speak, do it now. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm. We're going to get ready for baptism, but I need to know. Do you need to open up your life to Jesus Christ? If so, do it now. Do it today. If you've never been baptized and you've, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, do it today. We got water. At least I think we do. I've trusted Scott. He says we got water. We got clothes somewhere. Don't wait till you understand it all. Do it now and get to know him. You see, it's a relationship. You've been kicking the tires for a long time. Do it today. Do it today. Let us pray. Oh, my Lord. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you for, for this place that you've ordained for every one of us to be. Lord, Paul's going to be baptized now. Oh, my Lord. He just got saved, and he, he's fixing to get married, and now Morgan ain't got to marry no unsaved man. Amen. And they're going to raise godly children. Lord, thank you for your blessings today.
pray this in the mighty, powerful, healing name of Jesus Christ. Amen.